G'day, G. How you doing? Hello, Grant. I am good. good. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm wonderful. Well, we've finally done it. We've got some music of our own. We have. I'm so excited. Let me bring it through right now. Was that that was so good and it's all ours it's all ours and uh, let me tell you a little bit about that music uh, it's my very very talented man down in uh, Hobart Tasmania named Tim Lane uh, now um, Tim if you're listening which you will be big shout out to you big and thank you thank Tim. We you love the music very very much it's fantastic it's a song called reunion and uh, it's great and now it's ours so Yay. Hello. I feel, like, I feel like we've made it to the big time, all thanks to Tim. Oh, we have. So, uh, we, yeah. we, well, we have. We, we, have. we are. We are. Um, <laughs> happy days. <laughs> happy happy days. days. So we're recording on a Sunday. We are recording on a Sunday because we have an incredibly, very sp- incredible special guest. We do. I'm very excited to. We do have a very special guest today and uh, we're going to introduce her shortly. Um, how's your Sunday been, G? It has been good so far. The weather is phenomenal. So uh, I've been oh. out driving around with the roof down in the car and just letting the breeze go through my hair. It's yeah. just been fantastic. It's so it's really lovely. nice. Great to see so many people out on the beach and out walking. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, I've been out uh, nice and early myself this morning, actually. I uh, I did the paper run this you morning. You did the paper run. I remember doing that when I was a young person. Yeah. Doing the weekender. The, remember that? Uh, the weekender. Yes, the weekender. I do. Yes. Well, I was uh, delivering the Herald Sun and the Sunday Tasmanian and Fantastic. the Sunday Examiner, amongst others. And uh, Everyone loves it. They love their Sunday papers, don't they? It was they? the first time that I've... Uh, Done the paper run. Well done. Was it good? Did you, did you go to knock on the door and get the money? There's a little, little bit of that. That's yeah. a bit old school. Most people leave the money. But uh, I took my teenage boy and uh, teenage daughter on the paper run today. Fantastic. and uh, So with sufferance, I was up at half past five <laughs> on a Sunday morning. <laughs> And uh, concluded in having a nice coffee by about half past nine. So, nice, perfect. Mm, doesn't really seem fair because I didn't get any of the proceeds <laughs> from the paper run. But <laughs> but your joy comes from your children. Joy from seeing them do it. It's been good for them and uh, I'm Absolutely. Really, 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 really happy. Good job. Well done. No, well, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, we have a very special guest today and uh, her name is Margot Kelly. Now, Margot Kelly is... Uh, Works for the ABC. Yes. Uh, she's the uh, Tasmanian reporter for Landline. She is. And we're going to give her a call because she's an incredible woman and you may have heard us talk about her in a previous episode because she wrote a song with um, Clinton Hutton and they recorded it. It was uh, called Fred. And we might even give you a listen to Fred as we, we close out the show today. Yeah, so. that'd be awesome. We put a link on our Facebook page as well, so make sure you get along and have a look at that. But it's an incredible song and uh, we're really looking forward to talking to Margot. So, so let's see dial if we the numbers. get her on the phone. We'll give her a call. I love this bit. This is the exciting it bit. It is. Hello. Hello, Hi, Margo. Margo. How are you? 
Grant, Giovanna. I'm really well. How are you guys? We are so good. We are beyond excited to be talking to you this afternoon, Margot. Oh, I've been looking Very forward. Good. I've been looking forward to this. He has actually. He's been on the edge of his seat, going, "Come on, we need to do this." So oh. we're really excited to have you on board. So oh. thanks for taking the time. No worries. I hope I can deliver. No, oh, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. So, so it's a Sunday and it's uh, around lunchtime, twelve twenty-two to be precise. <laughs> what is Margot doing on a Sunday, a glorious Sunday like this? Uh, at the moment, my lifestyle is. Enviable, I would say, because I'm six months pregnant and take every opportunity I can to just have my feet up somewhere nice with a cup of hot cacao or a decaf tea and just, yeah, I'm on doctor's orders to take it easy. and And you're sitting on your new couch, I believe, as well. Oh, yes, is our it, chaise lounge. Is it a, oh, it's a chaise lounge. I was going to say you've got to have your feet up. That's a necessity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Have you got a view outside uh, from where you're sitting? Can you take in the sunshine and the fresh air? Oh, you bet. Yeah, we live in Sassafras, so um, it's just Beautiful area. perfect looking out there. That's fantastic. Now, I had in my mind that you were living in Boat Harbour because you and your husband are both members of the Boat Harbour Surf Life Saving Club. Is that right? We are, and we have lived there. Um, we lived there for a few years. We were just renting down there, and that was, yeah, we, we always laughed that. It was like we were a happy retired couple, um, <laughs> but we were at the start of our careers, yeah. you know, living in a little village on the edge of a national park. is just totally idyllic. It's an uh, amazing part of the world. So are you still, um, you're still involved with Boat Harbour? Oh, yeah, we still patrol there and everyone there feels like family. So it's good to have the excuse to drive because it's over an hour from Sassafras to Boat Harbour. Yeah, and it would be. Yep. We're very Tasmanian now and, you know, it takes a lot to lure <laughs> us to drive more than 20 minutes. Yeah, any, <laughs> just, just down the road. Um, yeah, I, I always am uh, a slight bit envious of uh, lifesavers from the Boat Harbour Surf Club. I am a trolling life uh, saver at Penguin Surf Club. But, oh, a very uh, successful club. A very successful yeah, club. Very. Yeah, it's a national club of the year, actually, for 2020, which you would know well about. Done. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, I uh, just get a little bit jealous because uh, while you guys are patrolling a lot of people that come down to that beach and enjoy the sunshine, I'm generally patrolling seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get many people How to many our beach. How many seagulls do you get out there? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what a beautiful beach. What a beautiful part of the world. Is, what a great yeah, club to be part is. of. It is. It's been it's been one of the best things we've ever done. I think joining up with Surf Club. Yeah, yeah, no, fantastic. I find that the uh, the young people, the the kids that come through Surf Life Saving, um, I always remember that uh, years ago the old policeman at Penguin when uh, they used to have a full timer. He said, "You never have to worry about the kids that are in Surf Club." Mm, that is so I can true. imagine that being yeah. very true. You know, yeah. so much. Res- but they, you know, they get to play with fun toys. They do. They get to head out all the time. So it keeps them entertained, keeps them feeling exhilarated, but it's all a good way to channel their energy. Community service and fitness and uh, all of the above and lifelong friendships, which is what I found that I made uh, in, throughout my junior years and it continues to today. So I'm far so from good. being an unroading competitor today. So uh, <laughs> it, it's good to say that, uh, you know, you do hold on to those relationships. So, Margot, you're a Sydney girl originally, is that right? I am. I have successfully convinced most people that I'm a country girl now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I grew up, well, the the first time I lived in in Sydney was just wonderful and we had a huge backyard. And I think if you'd have told my parents at that age, you know, when I was under 10, that I would want to live in the countryside and speak to farmers, they just would have laughed at you. I was very very bookish, very indoorsy, playing with dolls. Just, yeah, didn't didn't like getting out and about. And um, then we moved into an apartment. So I spent my teenage years kind of growing up in an apartment. Wow, in totally different. Yeah. Wow. wow. Which part of Sydney was uh, your family home and which part was the apartment? Uh, so we were near to Homebush where the Sydney Olympics were in yep. 2000. Yep. We, I think we moved there just before the Olympics. So oh, wow. my parents were great. They just bought as many tickets as they could to as many <laughs> different events, boxing, hockey, swimming. Oh, amazing. Like, 
the and one of the highlights was going to the dress rehearsal of the closing ceremony. Wow! Did you get had to, to go to that? that and you could, yeah, it was oh, amazing. That's so, awesome. Yeah, lots of good memories from there. It was yeah. a good place to grow up. Of course, the most famous uh, moment I can think of from the Sydney Olympics was Kathy Freeman in the four hundred meters. Yep. You didn't uh, have a ticket to witness that in person, did you? I don't think so. I have such strong memories of it and. You know, as they've been replaying highlights of it when we were at the 20-year anniversary, every single time it came on telly or on my social feed, I would just cry. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just such a powerful <laughs> moment, wasn't it? Just amazing. It was, was absolutely amazing. And, uh, yeah, uh, she's a fantastic lady. What she achieved was just remarkable. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I did read somewhere um, that I think G might have even told me this, but Naura um, comes into mind. Did you have a family farm near Mara, Nowra? Close, Cowra. Cowra. Yes, Cowra. Cowra. Oh, Cowra. Sorry, pardon me. Yes, no, Cowra. Now, it's finally sunk in. He's on the Red Bull though, Margot, oh, so he the, should be right. I'm on the Red Bull, not the it's red wine today. It's slowly sinking in. So, because Nowra's down the coast, isn't it? Yeah, they're sort of opposite directions from Sydney. Cowra, you basically head, head due west for four hours. Uh, very easy to navigate to, and that's where so that's where my dad grew up, and a lot of my extended family okay. is. Um, and you know, we would go out there a bit when I was younger. But um, I was hoping initially, when I wanted to flee Sydney, that I would be able to move back out there and and reconnect with that part of the world. But um, lucky me, ended up coming yeah. down to Tassie instead. Which yeah, is which? Did. Which is the best part of Australia? I think. Yeah. yeah. Did you do your university here as well, Marco? No, I, so I did. I did everything in in Sydney. Everything in so, Sydney. Yep. Yeah, it, t- it took me a while to figure out that journalism was a good fit, and then yes, yeah, st- studied at UTS right in the heart of Sydney. I mean, no wonder I wanted to get out. <laughs> yeah. I spent so much time just right in the heart of it, and thinking, oh, I'm sick of the sound of you know trucks and buses, and yep. I yes. shouldn't complain about trucks. I love listening to the trucks go on the highway now. <laughs> it means the economy is going well, but. Yeah, spent a lot of time right in there in Ultimo in the heart of it all. Do you know much about Cowra, the history of Cowra? Oh, Cowra's got an amazing history. It's really well known for the Japanese POW yes. camp. Yeah. Oh, it the is Cowra, The Cowra Breakout. Yes. The Cowra Breakout. Which was which, uh, the... Yeah, wow, uh, about that. Uh, the first mass prisoner of war escape in Australia's history, I think, or the most famous one. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's really amazing what the city has done with that history. Uh, there's gorgeous gardens there. If anyone's been to Cowrie, you've definitely gone and had tea at the Japanese gardens there that are on the old site of the um, prisoner of war oh, camp. Wow. I want and to go there Cowrie, now. Yeah, yeah, it's really lovely. And they've reconnected with Japan in a really big way. So there's the UN peace bells have been made out of melted currency and they've made these peace bells and they're in, mm. you know, London, New York, all these big capital cities and there's actually one in Cowra. That's amazing. Because wow. Because of the work I need they've to Google done. this. Yeah, well, I'll have to, um, yeah. to, to go up there and have a look. There was a, a television series called The Cowra Breakout, which was, um, I don't know, a three or four part series that I think it came out in about the 80s, but I, I can remember it and... Um, Actually, I'm thinking I might have to YouTube and see if I can find it, if it yeah. exists, because it'd be great to watch again. Great part of history. One of, yeah, and one of the things I found really interesting about Cara, when I was at uni, I did, um, uh, you know, I'm obsessed with making radio, I suppose, like you guys are, and I found out that um, Cara was actually the site of a large migrant camp as well after World War Two, when we had an influx of Europeans you know, yep. coming to Australia, you know, working on hydro schemes and all that sort of thing. But we don't talk about those as much and the impact it had as much as we do with the POW camp. Um, and there's not much left of it because a lot of the buildings have been sold off and that sort of thing. But it was really fascinating going back and finding out about, you know, hilarious things like how foreign Italian food was and um, <laughs> yeah. all these m- migrants from countries that have been at war for centuries suddenly having to live together um, and then how that changed the, you know, the mutton-eating <laughs> <Yeah>. land Australians <laughs> that were yeah. living in country New South Wales at the time. 
Yes, because uh, I, I had a a client and he was a Greek doctor, and now he's he's long since passed away, and he was in his nineties when he passed away. But he tells me when he first came out to Australia, um, he said uh, he said the the Greeks he said they brought out um, decent food. That's correct. We did. Um, we did. You know, wine <laughs> and all these things that we you know take for granted now. Um, you know that that uh, that were brought out to Australia by the the various immigrants and and everything else. And it, yeah, it told me a fascinating story. And and you're right about history because um, that I, I call them internment camps, which is probably the wrong terminology. But migrant camps mm. would be better. But I know my mother. So she even spent time in uh, Albury Wodonga in a camp there when she first arrived in Australia. So where where was she coming from? And she came from Holland. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was uh, Aubrey Wodonga. So, uh, and then uh, my Oma got, um, sorry, my Opa got, uh, you know, sent down to Tassie and then they came down and followed. So, um, yeah, they came in via Western Australia and then they, I'm sure it was Aubrey Wodonga. It was up that area anyway. So, which wouldn't be too far from, from Cowra, I'd imagine. Five uh, hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. Just yeah, down, it depends what scale we're using. <laughs> just down, just down the road. Distance. Just down the road. Just down the road. <laughs> Unreal. So you became a Bernie Rural reporter for Landline. Yeah, tell us how you got that job because didn't you wiggle your way into that? <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, the girl who grew up in an apartment um, suddenly becoming the rural reporter. Yeah. <laughs> how did, that, I'm how did very, you very, talk your way into that? Look, I, I, so the Cowra connection is is a big part of it. So, you know, the fact that I I suddenly had, I don't know what sparked it, Giovanna, to be honest, but I had from about the age of 17, 18, I started to go, you know, I've experienced a lot. I travelled a lot um, overseas and it just occurred to me that, you know, there was so much of our country that I wanted to know about and travel to and experience and what struck me was that I was so keen in my teenage years to experience different cultures in different languages and, and everything like that but I realized that it's almost just as much of a different culture to be living life at a different pace um, you know it's really different the experience of you know a farmer in northwest Tasmania who's planning for you know, the next 10 years and knows what crops they're going to do and, and, and goes with the seasons and goes with what the weather is compared to life in Sydney where you're, you know, sort of rushing around and you know, you're not really in tune with what's happening around you and you got your head buried in your mobile phone most of the time anyway. And I, yeah, so I just really wanted to connect with the country. So I did as many um, stories as I could from the bush when I was um, at uni. I did as much travelling as I could and when... Um, yeah, when the job came up, I was sort of in the right position to say, okay, look, <laughs> I didn't grow up on a farm, but trust me, the passion's <laughs> there. And the amazing thing about this part of the world and the rural community is like all the information you need is out there. You just got to pick up the phone and say to someone, right, I don't know anything about cherries, let's say, teach me, what do I need to know? What matters to you right now? And, um, and everyone's so generous and it was such good discipline even as a journalist to actually have to go out and find that information for the first time and to have to triangulate everything that you figure out to figure out, you know, what does my audience care about? Yeah, it was actually a good way to start, I think. Oh, fantastic. So you found the people down here pretty friendly and easy to deal with? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, felt very welcomed from day dot, to be honest. Oh, very good. Now, we've got a little noise going on here in the background, Margo. Can you hear that? Oops, is it me? I think it might be. That's better. It's gone. It's gone. How's that? Yeah. Yeah, that's I better. Had my, I had yep. my cable dragging somewhere. Ah, uh, that's what it was. That's what like, it was. She's telling us this amazing story, and I'm hearing this back, and I was like, what's <laughs> going on? She was, she was giving me death glares across the I desk was, like it I was, was like, me. What is that noise? <laughs> But it's all sorted now. It's, um, Here's me talking about learning how to be a radio professional. Yeah. And meanwhile, I can't get a clear signal. I'll cop that one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's what it's all about. This is what happens. We don't edit the show or anything. We go straight, you know, as is. And that's all part of it. So we love it. But it's an incredible story. And you've been with, um, you started with ABC Landline. Was it in, was it 2019? Was it last year you started with Landline? 
Oh, I'm so bad at remembering what happened because last because 2020 was just that weird blip. So yeah, when I first moved down, it was working for uh, the Country Hour and the Rural Report. So for those who don't know, on ABC Local Radio in the regions, every day between 12 and 1, there's a full hour of um, farming stories, basically, food and fibre production. And every morning at 6.30 till 7, we have the Rural Report. So my job was to basically find stories to take to air for both those shows and to take the program to air 6.30 to 7 in the morning. So, I mean, that's that's the most fun ever, but it also means that every mistake I've ever made has got, happened live on air. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> With everyone listening. So, anyone who, you know, has been listening to the Rural Report for a long time and is now listening to this and thinks, oh, God, but remember that time she didn't know the difference between... <laughs> Whatever it was, <laughs> and so you can't do anything about it. And forgiveness. That's it. You can't do anything about it with live radio. It happens, you know, as as is. So well, I imagine too things. that the uh, the audience would be rather select as well. So uh, they probably know their subject matter. So yeah, um, they, oh, they know what they're talking about, and they'll yeah. let you know when you're wrong. But um, anyway, they they clearly <laughs> they were clearly kind enough to me to keep giving me story ideas and keep um keep giving me interviews when I came knocking and then it was lucky enough that the opportunity came up to become the landline reporter. So that's moving from the daily radio to doing long form stories for television for landline, which is on Sundays at 1230. So totally different as far as the um, media skill set that's needed, but yeah, it was awesome to be able to take stories that we'd been doing locally and and take it to the whole country. And yeah, not many people can say they're making national TV oh, it's every huge, month Margo. out of Northwest Tasmania. Absolutely huge. Yeah, no, it um it would be a fantastic job, and I can imagine um it'd be a little bit of a I guess challenge first getting from behind the microphone to in front of the camera, but you handled it pretty well. Yeah. Thank you. I just <laughs> yeah, handled it okay. Yep, it was uh, it was funny, you know, having to <laughs> put on makeup and all that sort of stuff compared yeah, to breakfast radio. radio. Of course, no one can see you. So <laughs> <laughs> no one can see you. And then all of a sudden, um, you're there. Yeah. But you know, I have a little bit of sympathy with you know the people that I'm forcing to <laughs> put themselves on camera. So I always think, you know, if I'm asking farmers. Um, to do it, then uh, I better be able to do it myself. Yeah. So the Absolutely. the makeup that you you put on, it's not like glamming up and going out in the town, though, is it? It you you actually is there specific makeup that you use in front of a camera, I guess, to make sure the bits of your face don't shine or reflect and that type of stuff. Is that what you have to do? Oh, mate, I'm so not fancy enough to even know. I've probably got to ask Giovanna for her guidance. I was sitting here nodding going, yes, there's certain <laughs> there's certain things you have to do for TV makeup, for, <laughs> well, the, for the lights and the shadowing on your face and things like that. Yeah. So contour uh, is very course. important. Contour. Yeah. Well, the only experience I had was um, – one of the first stories that I did was uh, you know, quite a quite a well known one down here in Tassie, looking at the sea urchin harvest. Yes, yeah. sea urchins. And yes, ha- yes. You know ha- how that's really growing as an industry, thanks to some um, subsidies to encourage the divers to go out and harvest it. It's very tasty and so I too. Thought, I thought, oh, mm. oh, you find it tasty? Oh, good yeah, job. yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, uh, you go down to Miwa in uh, Sandy Bay and... Um, sea urchins, yuck. Yeah, no, there's... There, wow, what did I have? It was um, <laughs> it was a spring roll with sea urchin and prawns in it. I that think does it was not sound enticing delicious. Me. me being the non-fish eater, but um, that still doesn't sound enticing. But uh, anyway, continue on there. <laughs> well, I thought, oh, there's a good chance. I mean, I didn't really know how it was going to play out weather-wise and all of that. And I thought, I don't, and I don't even know if it's the sort of thing, like, will I be in the water? Like, I'd, I'd planned it out. But that week I'd gone and bought waterproof makeup, like, just in yeah, case. Yeah, good idea. Yep. And so I had it all, like, you know, stuck on. And um, and it, we did everything, perfect weather, um, until we then were coming back up from, well, I think so we left from, we went down to just sort of on the edge of the Fraser National Park. So it was absolutely spectacular. I put the drone up legally and, 
yeah, it was it was amazing. And then on illegally, the way back, I love that. Yeah. no, no, legally, 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 oh, you have like, <laughs> just said that on. The- <laughs> <laughs> legally, we're okay. near the national park, but we did everything within the legal limits. I want oh, to be perfectly yes. clear. Okay. Uh, the drones, the APC drones, have got so much surveillance on them; we can't even fly them. Um, if it if it wasn't legal, they wouldn't even take off. That's so. right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on the way back, we just got absolutely smashed with these waves and I was drenched head to toe and thinking, oh gosh, you know, I'm, I bet I look like a drowned rat. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, what a proof makeup delivering on the promise. <laughs> so I'm just sort of stuck That's to fantastic. that ever since. So, you know, you never know what might happen. I might stand under an irrigator or something. Oh, that's so. like the essential items for a rural reporter is your waterproof mascara and all things like that yep. because there's nothing worse if you get wet and you've got normal mascara on and, and it runs. just looks like a big panda. It looks like you've been really upset yeah, and you're really running. upset and then you wipe it and it just gets everywhere. So it's like that's that's perfect. It's music to my ears, Margot. <laughs> I'll, I'll hit you up after this and yeah, get some absolutely. more tips. <laughs> so, so Margot, up in Sassafras where you're living, have you actually bought some rural land? Uh, we've got 1,500 square metres. So, you know, it's just really a double suburban block. Um, yeah, beautiful. But we're in amongst, yeah, in amongst the farmland. So, yeah, it would be, we'd have to work pretty hard to be able to afford to buy some land here in Sassafras. It's uh, an expensive uh, part of farming land, isn't it? Yeah, Sassafras and Forth are the two areas we love. And, of course, that's where you've got the beautiful, you know, <laughs> prime agriculture and horticultural land. And so, the fourth yeah. as well. And the yeah. My favourite. But, but yeah. is, isn't the, the northwest <laughs> coast have the best land, like it's the richest, reddest soil you've ever seen? And, um, um, and I guess that's why it's so expensive. But um, it's, it's like reputation-wise, we do – our farmers do deliver some amazing uh, produce right across the country and, and indeed globally from the northwest coast. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, having grown up with central New South Wales as my yardstick for farming, and they do an amazing job out there, don't get me wrong, um, and very productive in in certain parts along the Lachlan River where my dad grew up. You come down here and you just think, I cannot believe how much you can produce in such a small space and, you know, how how many cows you can have, you know, in the one paddock and still have plenty of feed for them. It's just amazing. Yeah, we're very lucky down here and because we didn't get affected by the the drought like uh, the mainland did in the last few years. And um, they tell me um, that uh, cattle, uh, beef, the beef price at the sale yards is uh, grabbing record prices here in Tasmania at the moment. And I'm led, Certainly to, is. led to believe that is because of the drought. Um, so um, I guess, you know, the farmers are, are, are restocking and, and buying and, and taking back across the mainland and things like that. So it's delivering some really good goodies for our uh, our farmers down here. And uh, the only yep, reason why I know that is... a lot of happy farmers. Yeah, because I'm, I met a happy farmer last week who told me all about it. Oh, the, I was wondering how you knew so much all of a sudden. Yeah, no, I'm no <laughs> agricultural expert, but I am in the market for a mini tractor. So uh, in, your, in your travels, keep keep an eye out for me, Margo, tractor. if you find one good quality second hand. What are you going to do with a tractor? You- I've just got a contract on 10 acres and I don't oh, want to get too excited about it because the bank hasn't said yes <laughs> yet, but I'm expecting that tomorrow or uh, or Tuesday, um, fingers crossed. And then, yeah, I just thought, well, I might just turn Oh, that'll be so much fun. Farmer Grant. Farmer Grant. I'm going to take come and take <laughs> photos of this. Oh, it'll be hilarious. <laughs> Drive around a little mini tractor and dig a little... Should I get my landline crew to come out? Yeah. That that would be absolutely. Be amazing. Yeah, yeah that would be... be a, new, new up-and-coming farmers. That'd hit, that, that would hit the ratings. <laughs> it would. It actually would. Australia's yeah. number one financial advisor <laughs> um, and, uh, co- and co-host of the um, <laughs> greatest podcast, which in actually, the world. did you know? <laughs> funny story. <laughs> I found this amusing because we keep analytics. We charted at seven thousand eight hundred fifty-six <laughs> last week in the United States of America. No way. <laughs> 
Isn't that fun? Congratulations. 7,856. I thought about putting wow. that on Facebook and I thought, yeah, mm, no. Yeah, no. Didn't we rate in Canada as but well? But we did make the, uh, I was 130 something in Canada. That's awesome. And we've actually peaked, wow. we actually peaked at 34, would you 34. believe? 34. In uh, our category in Australia, so we're going okay. We're having a bit of fun. That's with it. pretty good. Thirty-four because you know we started off sort of in the eight or about one hundred and thirty yeah. or something, went to eighty, and now we've peaked up to thirty-four. I think we're going pretty well. We're going okay. Yeah. We're going okay. And it's all due to the quality guests that we have, just like you, Margot. And um, if you want to bring the camera crew up, you're more than welcome. We can do a we can do a whole session on on how I uh, I uh, did my. Uh, I bought yeah. this 10 acres in my mini tractor and I learned, <laughs> and I learned to drive because <laughs> I've never Beautiful. I've never dug a garden in my life. No, that's so not this will this, this will be this will be a lot of fun. Um, awesome, 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 awesome. Um, so what what's next for you? Obviously, motherhood. Yes, motherhood. This is yeah. Twenty twenty was a big year for us, and then it's like even if all that happens in twenty twenty one is the stuff we're fully expecting to happen, um, it's going to be a big one. Excellent. I'm very yeah. excited. Excellent. So uh, are you obviously excited to become a mother and it'll be your first time and you're all prepared and ready? And don't know about prepared and ready. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it can ever be. You know, I'm, yeah, I've wanted to be a mum for a very long yeah, time. you have. And you've got a beautiful partner in Felix. He's amazing. And I guess he he's, he's pretty excited as well. So, <laughs> he's, he's adorable, actually. He, he will get me in trouble if I sort of, you know, even if I, because um, I've got a big bump. It's a nice luxury accommodation <laughs> going on for this one. Luxury and even if I sort of tense my abs a bit to go, oh, is it just the way I'm standing? He'll be like, don't squish the baby. What oh. are you doing? So he's already overprotective of it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know what you're having? You don't have no, to tell us. No, we're going us. to be surprised. That is That's the best. Awesome. That, that, I'm so glad you're doing that. That is the best. That is so good. I've been surprised with every child that I've had, and my um my last because I've got twin two year olds um girls, and wow. I was convinced, absolutely convinced <laughs> that I was having boys, mainly because my partner was um quite when you got twins, you, you know your big. Baby bump times it by two, um, oh, and I God. thought there's a couple of big lads in there, and uh, no, two little tiny dainty little girls come out, and uh, yeah, it was uh, such a beautiful, wonderful surprise. So that's amazing. Um, isn't it? Best time of your life. You're about, I'll be checking you're for about heartbeats. To go make through. sure there's one, not two. <laughs> oh God, let me tell you about that. I couldn't. Be- I nearly passed out when they said there was two in there. How early did you find out that there was there was two in there? Uh, it was about twelve weeks. I was about well, 12, so I was 12 early. It may yep. have been even a, bit, a little bit earlier because um, now I'm just trying to remember this week. We went up and I was just getting comfort with the fact that at uh, that stage I was 46. I'm now 48 and I was um, going to be a father again. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to cope? And I can remember we're going in there and scan and the lady's doing the thing on the belly there. And she goes, oh, look, there's a little heartbeat. I went, oh, and look over here. There's the other heartbeat. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I just went into mini meltdown, but uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way now, Margot. Let me give you the tip. It's beautiful. Time your life. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> I just can't imagine. I'm relieved I'm only having one. Yeah, yeah. To, to be honest, like just I, I, to I learn how to do it. Yeah, 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 no. So, Margot, you'll have a bit of time off, obviously, um, to have your baby. So you'll take a bit of leave, obviously, and Felix will take some leave. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, he's going to be the first. Uh, member of Parliament in Tasmania to ever take paternity leave. Oh, wow. wow. That's fantastic. Yes, because we should mention that Felix yeah. is a, um, a state MP. Is that he the right term? He is. State MP? Yeah. Uh, yep. He yeah. is. So it's not that he's the first one to have kids No, he's office, the first one to take the leave. Yes. Well, for some reason it was only a couple of years ago that they actually introduced That's it. That's right. Yeah, mm. they did. As a concept. So. Um, so he's the first one who's going to take paternity leave. That's fantastic. Uh, it's only two weeks, but it's yeah, weeks he's under strict instructions yep. that yeah, <laughs> that two weeks is all mine. Oh, <laughs> all two yours. Weeks is fantastic. He, yeah, and how's he going with his career? And uh, is he he's taken to 
being a member of uh, the the um, state government quite well because he came in on a did, yeah. a recount after the retirement of um, Joan Ryler, I think. Yep. Um, and he's look, he's doing fantastic. I've been watching. Uh, you know, he's just his his presence, his social media. Yeah, presence, he's doing so uh, well. He's relatable, which I think is something that's been yeah. missing and a little bit. And he's younger, relatable, all those sorts of things, and he's a, he's a great guy. So we're so um, thrilled for both of you. Soon to be three. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he's taken to it like a duck to water. Obviously, it's an interesting situation being a journalist with uh, independent ABC um, and, you know, having to sort of walk that those lines. So I probably won't go into too much detail about him. I obviously I'm, think he's I'm, pretty... I'm, Bloody yeah, amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's an amazing opportunity just to learn so much as well. You know, we're both young and we've both found ourselves in positions where we're able to do as much as, you know, as much as we've got the energy for, really. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. And it is, it's a really exciting time and, it's, you know, there's a lot more where that's come from. You're just both so talented. Well. You're both really talented. So, um, yeah, it's wonderful. Grant, you're itching to say something, aren't you? I can I, tell by the look in his I, face. I, I was, um, and Margot, please don't take offence, but you said independent and the ABC in the same sentence. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on. But anyway, uh, let's move on up, from so that. You go ahead. <laughs> I was just watching his face. Um, you can't see it, Margot, I, obviously. I was, but I was biting my tongue. I was like, what no, are you no, doing no, no, no. fingers in his mouth. No, nah, like, yeah. Oh. Anyway, we'll just keep moving on from that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just. Um, stirring the pot. Um, oh, it's <laughs> low-hanging fruit. Come on, yeah, try a bit that was, was low-hanging fruit. I took the easy one there. Um, so music. Let's talk about yes, music. Now, now um, I first discovered uh, your music, or or you, I should say, because yes. um, uh, of a mutual uh, colleague and a good friend of yours and, and G's and, and mine, Clinton Hutton. And I was watching on Facebook and he had this beautiful cover of this country song um, and, and you both sang it and he talked about it with us last time and I can never remember the name of it, but it was just awesome and I, I replayed it a few times in there and I thought, man, this, this is really, really, yeah. really good. I can't think of the name, but what either was there the was a Bruce Springsteen one as well, I think, Oh, you, you both covered. That, that, that was, was amazing. Haunting. But then, of course, you've released your own song, um, that that you uh, wrote the music and lyrics to, and uh, yeah, uh, Fred, and it's a song. It's uh, you know about it's. I guess it's. Uh, I know it's influenced by your grandfather. I do believe. Um, but wow, what a song! What a song! And uh, every time I think of it, I it, it I just hear that 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 chorus all the time. I said, you know, like it it, it sticks to you. Tell us about. The recording process and writing that song and, and and all about that song and everything else to do with music that you love. Oh, thank you, Grant. That's really nice of you to say all those nice things about it. Um, I know you've spoken to Clinton on the podcast before, so shout out if anyone wants to go back and listen to Clinton Hutton um, on Get the Know How. I was really lucky to sort of come into his orbit and um, start making music with Clinton. He's just yeah, he's just such a can-do guy. And, yeah, the this, this song Fred really came about, oh, it sounds so silly. I was teaching <laughs> myself guitar and uh, I said to Felix, oh, you know, I want to write a song. I would actually write a song down because I'm always I'm always making up songs all the time but I okay. don't often have the discipline to sit down and actually go, this is what that song sounds like and communicate it to anybody else. Uh, and I said, what should I write about? And Felix says, Fred. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I didn't realise that's so, how it happened. Okay. That's how it happened. I went up to my bedroom and I thought, well, there's ample inspiration there. But Fred is my granddad's name and he's the one who was the farmer on, on the Lachlan River in um, in Cowra. And he died before I was born, so I, I never met him and I just have these strange sort of story, not strange, but some of them, some of the stories my dad tells from growing up on the yeah, farm are tall yeah. tales. You know, they had watermelons big enough to swipe into and use as kayaks on the river and <laughs> all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I've got the. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but I knew that Fred was quite an innovator, and the way he approached irrigation um, was really pioneering in the time. And you know, he grew. 
um, a lot of food to feed the troops in Vietnam as well. Wow. A lot of stuff that went to the Edgels Cannery. So he was just really respected figure, and I just wanted to dive into that because the more people I meet down here in Tassie who remind me of that story, you know, the more I realise how how important they are to the story of the land and the story of the place. Um, things move so quickly in agriculture now, and you know we have satellite GPS driving our tractors and. Um, you know, we're in touch instantly with global markets. But back in the day, you know, the people who were finding new crops to grow and all of that um, were working really bloody hard to to achieve that and to um, have success and to uh, keep going after their failures. So, yeah, I sort of just wrote the story about Fred and my understanding, my interpretation of the story really. That turned out sadder than I thought it would do. Yeah, <laughs> it's very it to... emotional. Oh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it really yeah. is a beautiful it's song. sadder. And then it's sort of uh, people have said oh, it really reminds them of the northwest coast, and I think that that's probably true because this is now the place that influences me and this is the picture that I have of farming and farming families in particular. So it's a bit of a fusion of my where I came from and, and what I see and experience and love around me now. Oh, it's amazing. So there's, it, 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 like I said, it is a beautiful song. And do you have other songs in the back of your mind or others that you've put to pen to paper on? Yeah, I've got a lot, uh, except I found 2020 – and anyone who had any creative pursuits in 2020, <laughs> yeah. well done. Yeah, because well done. I, yeah, I found it a very stultifying year yep. um, creatively and, yeah, sort of I feel that 2021 is we're still going to be, like COVID's not behind us. No. But a lot of the experiences that we had and the, sort of shared trauma that we had of having life cancelled and all of that, we're finding ways to move out through that and we're all doing it at a our, our different pace. So I'm very hopeful that music, you know, becomes that, – that we can keep going in that direction. Yeah, yeah just I, I to be totally so. honest, being alone in the house with no family from – Months and months—that's not the way for me it to be creative. No, it's, it's quite it repressing, its isn't it? It, it? it it represses your um your, your creative energy and 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 there's a fair bit of inspiration that gets taken from you in those times. Yeah, it takes mm, its toll on you, doesn't it? But you know, I guess you released the song in October. I went to the launch at the Burning Arts and Function Centre where you and Clinton um played, and we were very lucky to have that concert. Really, at the end of what was 2020. I guess, and the fact that we were able to go, um, you know, and listen to something as amazing as what you and Clinton have done as part of Bernie Shines, and it was a wonderful event. And I just love listening to you sing, Margot. Your voice is angelic. There's no other word for it. I would love Thank to come you. come and see you you play somewhere uh, soon, whether it's with with Grot or whether it's on your own or with anybody else, but. Uh, I might even get up and do a bit of Johnny Cash with you or something you like that. You never that. know. He does this all the time, Margot. He likes to sing Johnny Cash. Oh, I could, I could uh, see Margot and I um, doing a duet on Getting Married uh, in Jackson. Oh, yes, yeah, I was just we could do that, that one. And oh the other goodness. one is "It Ain't Me, Babe." You know that one? Oh, yeah, off that's the movie. A good one. It ain't me, babe. No, no, no. It ain't me, babe. It ain't me. Oh, listen to that voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good one, and and another I think one. He, Jackson, I want to listen. Oh yeah, and um, have you ever heard him sing with June Carter? Um, if I was a carpenter. Ooh, no, oh no, he's amazing. So okay, who knows? I, I'd just love to come and hear you sing, but um, keep recording because uh, and keep keep doing it. You'll be probably busy for a, a few months. But <laughs> oh no, well that concert you're talking about, Giovanna, I was pregnant already I know. Of course, by that <laughs> concert and I was oh I get a morning sickness I guess that's the thing with 2020 it was just as I was coming to terms with the world being shut down I got pregnant and um <laughs> there'd be a lot being of pregnancies or, coming through COVID I would imagine oh they're <laughs> everywhere yeah it's, it's awesome there'll be some interesting economic analysis about yeah. what happens and particularly in Tassie I don't know if it's happening elsewhere but certainly in my community, it just feels like most of us are just pregnant at the moment, but it's nice. It's nice. And, yeah, once I've got my lung capacity back, Grant. Yeah, very good. It's a date. Yeah, sort of thing. it's done. It's done. And musical, any inspiration for you musically uh, from other artists? Uh, I don't know really how to answer that question. I suppose music's 
style, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be able to pin anything down. I definitely have loved discovering country music and yeah. sort of yep. just listening more to country. I, I mean, country music can be very sad. I mean, it was originally very sad, um, but it's not angsty. And I think I don't really like being surrounded by music that's trying to make you feel angry at the world or, you know, yeah. too, yeah, too much right. of those feelings you yeah. have when you're adolescent and you listen to a lot of Triple J and um, it's just not my style. Yeah. Um, so you didn't listen so, to the Hottest 100 yesterday then? <laughs> I'm so out of it. No, I didn't. No, I, I looked at the I list and I did that. not know any of the songs I actually at all. got to number 10. I was at a... Um, We'll call it a barbecue party. And I got to number 10 and then I left to go out to the Chinese for tea. So I actually left at the most crucial moment. I haven't. Did you know the music though, Giovanna? Because you're you're kind of cooler than us. I reckon you would have known. I know if I am cooler. I knew quite a few of the songs, but you know, I haven't actually listened to the top ten yet. I know the the winners because I went and looked at them online, but um, I didn't know a lot of the um, songs. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. But I I, that's probably the only time of the year I listen to Triple J. Is that one day? I stopped listening to Triple J after the grunge era. Really, I thought. um, Oh. I thought Triple J was amazing when it first. Uh, came on the air down here in Tassie, and you had um, still a great program. You know, but Mikey yeah. and whoever were on the um, morning show, and um, I can't remember their bloody names, but they were hilarious. And 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 that era of music, uh, the Jays was playing stuff that was really inspirational for me. But um, yeah, I just yeah, still a great, it's a great station it's still. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but you know me, I uh, I like my. Uh, Seven by you tones. <laughs> well, that's yep. I'm a bit like the relaxed. That. I'm a bit, a bit like that relaxed. myself now. Yeah. I must admit. I must admit. I click vinyl. Do you have any vinyl at home? Oh, we just got well rediscovered the vinyl. Excellent player. Uh, what do you call it? Record player. Record, record player. player. Record. What do you call record it? Record player. player. Yes. <laughs> and it had a whole lot of uh, <laughs> sun. <laughs> a whole lot of sun damage. Records next to it, so oh, we'll have to stock up again on on records, oh, I guess. I mean, does it sound better? Like, what's the? Give me the pitch. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> there is there is no other way to listen to music um, because <laughs> it is not digitally processed and it's no. played as it as it's meant to be. It's, I've it's still meant, got my first album. Yeah, it's meant to sound that way, um, and and just the little imperfections that you can get with the crackle or. And it's just beautiful, and and uh, there's nothing better than you know sitting back and putting on a record and uh, having a listen. I might I just bought uh, a couple of new albums last week. I bought I bought uh, the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, brilliant! Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah I so, love the Traveling Wilburys. Um, what else did I? I bought um, I bought uh, uh, what's his bloody name? He sings with Queen now. Uh, Adam Lambert and Adam Queen Lambert. live, yeah, live, and I haven't listened to that, but I just love his voice. Um, An amazing voice. Amazing voice. But Do you uh, still have your first album? I still have. <laughs> okay, so I have every record I've ever owned. Fantastic. In my life, and I've listened to them. And the first two, oh god, the first album, the very first album I bought was Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Oh, brilliant. Bad Reputation. Wow. I've still got it. Mine was Thriller, Michael Jackson. Yeah. And number two was nineteen eighty. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I've got a massive. So how, how much space does this take up in your life? Like physical space. Physical space. I've got. That's a, a good question. I've got um, at the moment. Look, I've only really been collecting again for four years, but I've got two. Um, I don't know what you call them. Like you know those big big tubs you used to buy. Chicken feed, or oh, yeah, yeah. what's chicken it called feed. now? Um, <laughs> the ship loads. Ship, ship loads, yeah, ship loads. big big containers full. Um, and I've got a lot of albums that are older than those first two that I bought, um, but uh, it's beautiful. And yeah, you know, you'll love it, Margot. A lot of you'll singles love as well, little forty fives, just the vinyls. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember, like, I I don't, I'm not cool musically because I was raised on a diet of like John Farnham. And Olivia Newton John. <laughs> and I remember as a little kid that we had a record player, but the only album I ever played was Whispering Jack. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know? Nothing wrong and with that. I mean, Whispering Jack's a good yeah, album. I did, that's right, actually. I won't apologise. I love John Farnham. Yeah, okay? don't apologise. Yeah, he's great. I think I probably had a lot of John Farnham played while I was in the womb. Like, it just is like my face yes. familiar. Yes. Well, Reasons <laughs> is one of my favourite songs. Yeah, great song. Give me a 
Good. Yep. So good. It's one okay. of one of the best songs. Uh, it's one of my favourites yeah. on my playlist. Right, so um, I'm going to educate shy. my little don't, baby don't now. I'm going to blast a John Farnham. Get him educated. Um, I used to <laughs> I used to have my my son educated when he was little, and um, I remember you know when he was in kindergarten, and the the you know the the teacher would say, "Oh, what's your favourite you know songs to the kids?" And some kids say, um, "You know, um, a Wiggle song," and others would say, "Christmas Carol," and my little fella went, who listens to the radio by the sports? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Sunsets by Powderfinger. And um, Alex oh the Seal, God. which he really meant our lips are sealed, but I used oh, to say Alex, Alex the Seal. Alex the Seal. Our lips are sealed by the go-go. <laughs> oh, that's good. And, and that is absolute fair yes, income. it sounds like that. But now he listens to <laughs> music that <laughs> doesn't involve any of those three songs and I would never listen gonna to them. I'm going to play that later, Margo. I'm going to uh, get that song up and actually sing Well, Spider-Bait actually did a cover called Alex the Seal. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I used to be on the Jays back when I listened to it. Oh, well, oh I think go. this will be a fun part of parenting, right? Is like yep. seeing your kids react for the first time to the stuff that you love. Oh, yeah. educate them. Yeah, it's amazing. I and would love really... to know what the songs are because I my musical education is patchy. I won't lie. There's songs that I hear now that I'm like, geez, isn't that good? And people are like, that is weird that you are in your late 20s and have only just heard that song. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I would put in a request to you guys, get the know-how. If you guys have got, like, a Spotify account or something, can you create, like, songs your kids should know? Play I, I, I <laughs> will create idea. for you um, a great idea. the children's first playlist, and I'll create it and uh, share it with you. How's <laughs> yes. that? And we Some need deal. to put on, because I know Ellie, because I got Ellie addicted, my daughter addicted to Friends at a very early age, and um, the oh, Friends yeah. theme song was her, so she was always like, you know, the Rembrandts, yeah. the Friends song, so Perfect. that was what she sort of grew up with. Yeah. Wasn't there some great... <laughs> so that has to go on there. Great songs um, to TV shows, though, back through the 90s yes. and the 80s. I used to love... Um, what was uh, the banana... Oh, the banana split show. Banana split. Yeah, yeah, that's going to go on there. We used to play that. You've in started a, in a something, band. Margo. Um, but um, <laughs> oh my god, what was that show? Drew Carey show. Um, oh, the Drew Carey show. The theme song to the Drew Carey show. I can't um, remember it. Oh, oh, I don't know. Really know the words, but up every morning just to do my job, I gotta fight this city and the hustle and mob. You know that one? No. Sound of the. <laughs> Voices going through my brain when another day goes down the drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just Google I did it. Not Google, know that. Google the Google Drew Carey song, uh, Margot, and listen to the uh, theme song from that. It's brilliant. I do know that, but I, I think it would be cruel to subject everyone to me just trying to go through the whole thing, figuring out what it's called. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then they had uh, a second theme song, Cleveland Rocks, which the presidents of the United States of America sang for them. The band. Yeah, the bad. Not, not Trump. Not, not, the, not, not Trump. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and there you go. There was another good band. So have you listened to them, the Presidency of the United States of America? No, I've never, ever heard of them before. Google. Do. How embarrassing. Brilliant. No, 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 no not at all. Now, like, You're younger. Hey. Not at all. They're, they've got no. a song with a rural theme, um, Peaches. Oh, yeah, pe- millions of peaches. You want to move into I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Eat me a millions lot of peaches. Yeah. What a great song. So um, what what drives you, Margot? Let's um, let's t- t- get back to you again. I mean. Whoa, let's, get, let's go serious again. What yeah. drives me? Serious. Yeah, what, what drives, drives you? you? <laughs> like family for sure family and yeah like what is that noise uh, what are you doing that's tr- not I, me i was trying no. to time the crickets that's why so i was waiting for that answer oh. <laughs> 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 sorry i didn't quite get the well, timing right what i've got to put up with every week margo you have no idea you're just nice and comfy on your new couch mm. and i've got to put up with this <laughs> Uh, less is more, Grant. Less is more, sorry. Sound effects are good. Well, I am speaking to the expert, um, the radio expert. So, yep, no, no. So, yeah, no, what, what, what drives you? Because you're obviously very driven. You, 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 you don't leave a, the comforts of a big city and move your way down to Bernie, Tasmania, um, which probably when you came down was probably the last place anyone wanted to move to. But I know that's changing. The it's been amazing being down here while so much has been changing and 
Pardon me. I think I just want to say it's not because of Mona. There's so much. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. There's so much reporting on Mona has changed the whole state. And I'm like, yeah. No, not really. Like, no. Okay. Maybe in the south. But like, not to be too parochial about it, but, you know, the northwest is, is definitely discovering itself in a new way and because of a whole lot of things, but also, you know, time passing from, you know, the big seismic changes that happened when, um, you know, the, the pot mill and all of that shut down. It oh. takes a while to yeah, find a right. groove. If we had a time machine, we could go back to the 40s and 50s when, you know, there was 5,500 people in the 50s or 60s um, working at the pulp. Um, wow, they, they imagine. Had, they had their own football team. Um, yes, know. my father was a pulp worker. Yeah. So I remember all the big Christmas parties and the, yeah. you know, things like that. And you go back, the back of Burnie, and there's whole suburbs that were built, mm. you know, um, Havenview, um, Acton, um, et cetera, that, that, that all, you know, basically the houses almost look all, all identical, but, it, you know, the, um, the little three-bedroom, two-bedroom weatherboard house, um, but it was all to house, you know, workers that, that come in and, and worked at the pulp. and That's correct because my uh, mum and dad, my dad's still in the house. My mum's passed away but my dad's still in the house and that was a pulp house. Yeah. So, yep. It's amazing. That's exactly what you've just described. Yep, absolutely. And, and, uh, and so it was, still a, there, it was so amazing. So when you look at the early photos of Bernie and the hills are barren and then it's only like 10 years later and there's whole suburbs that have, that have popped up of – of homes and from a distance, you know, up above, they they do look almost identical in those old black and white photos. So, and of course, um, you know, Bernie's grown a lot more since then. But, um, you know, um, when that was the lifeblood of of the northwest coast, really, because you know they used to catch the train in from Penguin and Wynyard and other places. And, yeah, that's right. And it has changed so much. It's taken a while. Yeah, like my. My career, I'm a, I'm a, not a millennial. Maybe I'm a millennial or a Gen X, one of them. And you know, we expect to have lots of different changes in our career. But I always try to empathise with and put myself in the shoes of people who, you know, your dad, your granddad have all worked on the same factory floor. Yep. You're expecting to have that same life, surrounded by people you know, and then you know the rug gets pulled out from under you. Yeah. Um, it is not easy for a community to just reinvent itself no. and and change direction. It doesn't happen um, overnight, and 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 this is where I get really fed up with um, you know negative comments about the town and oh, there's so many vacant shops and there's so you know Bernie should do this mm, and they so should do that. Overhearing all that sort of stuff, and it's like you know it doesn't happen overnight. Um, we we've all got a we've all got a part to play in this, um, and uh, you know keep our out where we live looking beautiful, we'd be innovative and encouraging and welcoming um, and, and, it, and good times will come. Um, but, you know, like this town effectively, um, I think the population dropped, didn't it? And we were declared a city when we were over 20 and then, yep, it, then absolutely. it dropped. We we're, we were about 19 and a half, I think, at the moment, yeah. something like that. So, so. it's changed mm. massively um, and it will continue to change because and for the right reasons because of where we actually are, where we live. Mm. How many small cities have the beach at the end of the main street? That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, so nice. It is nice wandering down there in your in your lunch breaks and stuff. I just want to get back to the what drives you one because yes, we've gone off track again. It's it's oh, quite all right. <laughs> it's it's hard to pin it down, um, but there's been a couple of things that I've found really helpful um, in you know when you're trying to imagine your life, and I guess I'm at a point now where. You know, my whole identity is about to change in becoming a mother, um, stepping into that role, being a wife, having our own home. Like life looks really different now than it did a year ago. And there's two things that sort of guide me. One is I had really good guidance from a mentor in Sydney. and We were sitting down and we were talking and I must have said something about blah, 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 my goals for the year. And she gave me some really helpful advice about goals. And she said she doesn't work with goals. She works instead with parameters. So rather than seeing it as where am I now and where am I trying to go, it's okay, what do I want in my life and what do I want, you know, out my life and like to not, not be worrying about. I always sort of imagine like I'm standing at a, if you've ever done shot put, 
your discus, yeah. you know, and you're yeah. standing there yeah. and you've got your valid field of play in front of you and everything outside the lines doesn't count. I imagine that and go, what do I want inside that? And, you know, when I moved to Bernie, I had that in the front of my mind because I had nothing. I knew no one. I knew one person. And so I knew one person. I had no routine. I had no sports teams. I had nothing but my job. And I thought, okay, well, what do I want in my life? Well, I don't want to be someone who just works, you know, 12 hours a day and work is your only identity. Um, I want to be good at my job, but I also want a whole lot of other stuff. I found that really helpful. Yeah. And the other thing I found really helpful, you know, at the airport, there's all these self-help books yes, <laughs> you can yes. buy and you think, yeah, well, that maybe that will solve all my problems. Well, I bought one one time, I don't, can't remember, maybe 10 years ago, like a while ago, and it was Andrew Lee's The Economics of Just About Everything. Okay, yes, yep. yes, I know the book. I haven't read it though, but I know the well, book. Well, there's a bit. There's a bit in it that really stuck with me because I don't know if you guys felt this, but, you know, when you're young, it feels like everyone who's like, wow, she's 16 and look what she's achieved and she's so brilliant. Everyone who's young and brilliant is just absolutely celebrated. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then sort of in your early 20s, you start to get to a point where you're like, wow, a lot of the famous people are younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not. I'm 22, you That's know. Right. Yeah. Um, I think we have a real culture of celebrating like prodigies, but not really of celebrating people who continue to blossom throughout life. And this book, The Economics of Just About Everything, it sort of pitches two things like why, I don't know how it counts as economics, but anyway, why <laughs> some people do really well really young. And it's so the, a lot of the people who really excel at a young age are driven by something internal that they need to get out. So they've got yep. the music in them and they need to get those songs get out. out. Yeah. Yep. They've got that obsession and it comes from within. And then people who achieve a lot later in life are often people who actually want to experience the world and they take in things and they absorb stuff and they process it and then they make something gold out of it. Yeah. And that just calmed me right down. I thought, oh, it's not actually a rush to be the best at something the fastest. Actually just experiencing life and processing it and, you know, being ready for the next thing is fine. Like your story might take a while before you get to the bit that's going to be the headline. Yes, you know? absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Margot, it's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your kind words of, of wisdom uh, just then and for joining us today. Can we play a snippet of your song, Fred, to close the show out today? I'd love that. Thank we, you. We might it's been so be, great chatting. We might actually. We, we'd love to keep talking, but uh, it, uh, it it's uh, Sunday, and I know you've got uh, things to do. And I've got a baby to cook, Grant. You've got a baby, baby to cook. To cook. <laughs> you, keep, um, you keep cooking yeah, that baby. Margot, thanks so much for, for giving up your time today to come and talk to us. And from your couch, your new couch, which is awesome, um, it's been – you're very inspiring. Um, you're still a young person, so a very inspiring young lady. And um, you're just doing incredible things and you will continue to do incredible things as, you know, time goes on. And motherhood's going to be amazing and we're looking forward to seeing what this little baby is. Oh, yeah, can't wait. I think it's a girl. Do you already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a girl. All right. <laughs> a little country singer. Oh, <laughs> a little country singer. The next, the next big thing. Oh, you're, 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 you're cooking the next prodigy right there. Yeah. Uh oh, no just, pressure, my little one. Just, get, just give her wise words and and uh, keep her grounded, and she'll do just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Margot, thank you. Thank you to both of you. All right, Thanks, we'll, we'll catch up again. Talk soon. Sounds good. I'll see you, Johnny Cash. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. See you later. <laughs> bye, 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 Margot. <laughs> Oh wow, that was uh, that was fantastic! What an incredible lady she is, just so incredible. A- a- what an honour to talk to a- her as well. Absolutely, and I think we might uh, see if we Let's can. Let's play a bit of Fred, shall we? A little bit of Fred, and this is Margot Kelly and Clinton Hutton with and, Fred. And uh, farewell to you all. Farewell. Fred, let 
Yeah. 